0: Hello and welcome to the ABC Pediatric Therapy Podcast. My name is Stephanie Curry and I am a Community Engagement Coordinator with ABC. Um, Today, I wanna talk to you all a little bit about just one of the disciplines that we offer at ABC and that would be occupational therapy. So first, we'll just get right into it. First, I wanna talk about... Understanding what occupational therapy is. So the term occupation likely brings up the image of an adult workforce. And in a sense, this therapy addresses a similar aspect for kiddos. A child's job or occupation is to develop the skills that will help him or her succeed later in life, including motor and social skills. So if you think about it, We may have a job that we go to and work nine to five in an office setting. Um, If you think about a kiddo, their job or their occupation is to play. So we want to help them be successful in their everyday life. So if your child struggles to develop these skills on his or her own, one of our occupational therapists will help your child through the process they will evaluate your child's skill level and determine which areas might need a boost Um, and a few common ways they can help children include maybe teaching the child how to properly hold a writing instrument such as a pencil or a crayon or um, properly holding or grasping um, a toy um suggesting environmental adaptations such as a reduction in stimulation if a child easily loses focus so maybe your kiddo is in the classroom and they are just unable to focus in on the project that they're working on because of all the other external things going on around them maybe it's a tapping pencil or they can't stop hearing the buzzing of um, a light or an air conditioner. Um, Some other ways an occupational therapist can help is teaching the proper way to perform basic hygiene skills, like washing hands or brushing teeth. Um, Again, that goes along with activities of daily living. That's what our OTs are aiming to help with. Um, And also, they can also help with improving coordination skills. So by gaining these skills early in life, your child will gain confidence and independence. Your son or daughter will be able to keep up with his or her peers and fully engage in the activities required of him him or her. So I mentioned that an occupational therapist is going to help your kiddo development develop certain motor skills. Um, and so primarily an occupational therapist is going to focus on fine motor skills, whereas there's gross motor skills, which are your big movements, uh, think running, jumping, um, skipping. And then we have our fine motor skills, which you think about, um, using your kiddo will use in school and with other daily activities like the proper grasp of a pencil or or holding their toothbrush properly. So a little more about fine motor skills. Fine motor skills are the small movement skills of our hands, fingers, and wrists that develop throughout our growing years. These include writing, cutting, keyboarding, eating, holding small items, buttoning, and turning pages. Proper development of fine motor skills requires strength, postural control, and coordination. It also requires appropriate function of our eyes. Fine motor skills are very important to a child's overall development, health, learning experiences, and self-esteem. Developing independence with fine motor skills at an early age is crucial to school performance and self-care skills, such as dressing. The human body follows a step-by-step process where one area often relies on another to achieve full function. Each milestone that is achieved throughout the first years of life is dependent on the one that came before it. To be able to cut and write, we must first learn to grasp. We need to learn how to hold small objects in order to feed ourselves. We need to use our eyes and hands together before we button and zip. The body goes through a complicated movement process. If a child is not achieving a milestone within a reasonable time frame, it is important to ask questions and seek our guidance right away because the next set of skills is coming up fast. The longer you wait, the further behind the child will fall. The earlier an intervention is provided, the more effective it can be. So we talked about how an occupational therapist can help with fine motor skills. Another major skill set that an occupational therapist will help with are um, sensory integration skills. So let's talk a little bit about what exactly are sensory integration skills. Sensory integration is our ability to take in information from our senses and organize it so that we can function in our world. Sensory integration skills develop throughout our growing years and involve our ability to touch, taste, smell, feel movement, hear, and have an awareness of our body. Proper development of sensory integration skills requires children to experience senses in the world around them. So experiencing senses could look like stopping to smell a flower or digging their toes in the mud um, and feeling that texture or exploring different textures of food, whether it be with their fingers and hands or with their mouths. Um, Sensory integration skills are very important to a child's overall development, health, learning, behavior, and self-esteem. Developing sensory integration skills at an early age impacts a child's behavior, social skills and play skills. The human body follows a step-by-step process where one area often relies on another to achieve full function, like we mentioned before. Um, sensory integration develops with both fine and gross motor skills. So all three of those areas are dependent on one another. Um, again, as we, as I priorly mentioned, each milestone that your kiddo um, achieves throughout the first three years of their life is dependent on the one that came before it. So, to be able to swing and climb on the playground, we must first learn to tolerate movement through space. We need to learn how to cope with busy, quiet, and changing environments in order to concentrate in school. We need to use our body senses together in order to function in our natural environments. So if your child is showing signs of challenges with their sensory integration skills, it is important to seek out help right away before behaviors become more severe. The earlier intervention, the early, the earlier that intervention is provided, the more effective it can be. You want you and your child to experience less stress as quickly as possible. And as always, there is a ton of great information about sensory integration and different sensory activity, activities that you can do with your kiddo on our blog. Um, and you can access that by going to abcpediatrictherapy.com and then clicking um, in the top right Um, clicking on blog and exploring our blogs that way to read more about sensory integration. Now that we have covered a couple of the areas in which occupational therapy can help, let's talk about identifying a need for occupational therapy. So while every child learns differently and progresses at a different rate, a child developing at a normal rate tends to hit certain developmental milestones. The checklist that we offer through ABC, um, Pediatric Therapies website, is a guideline for how you can track your child's progress. So I want to encourage you to visit our interactive developmental checklist, and that can be found at checklist dot therapy dot com, um, and I want to encourage you to go ahead and work through that checklist with each of your kiddos, and kind of see where they're at. So, what you'll do is you'll go once you get to the web page, you'll enter their birth date so that we have their exact age, and our tool will populate a few different pages for you. Um, each one kind of focusing on the different skill sets. So, um, there will be a checklist for fine motor skills, one for gross motor skills, sensory integration. Um, and you'll kind of go through the bullet points or checks on each of those l- lists, um, and kind of check off what your kiddo will it is able to do right now. So one of them, I think is can dependent on the age, of course, is can hop on one foot 10 times. So you'll, you know, have your kiddo right there and you'll just say, Hey, Susie, can you, can you do 10 hops on your left foot for mommy? And then once she do, does them, you can check them off on the list um, and then move on to the next one. So after you have gone through with your kiddo, all of the um, different milestones on our list, you will be taken to kind of a results page where you'll enter your email address for us. And then we will send you a nice um, little report on where your kiddo is doing great and where maybe you guys can work a little. So we'll give you some ideas on what you can work at. Um, or work on at home in order to increase those skills. Um, And then we'll want you to work on those for a little bit. And then if you're still not seeing improvement after working on it together at home, then we will encourage you to give us a call. So it is a great tool. It is free and I encourage you to check it out and I encourage you to share it with your friends. Um, Again, it can be found at checklist.abcpediatrictherapy.com. So the last thing I want to talk to you about today is um, kind of a specialty area of occupational therapy, and that would be feeding therapy. So this is a special type of occupational therapy. We have therapists trained especially for this, um, for our picky eaters. So we talked about sensory integration. We talked about textures. Um, And a lot of times um, the kiddo may not like a texture of a certain food. It could also be even the smell or the sight of a certain food that just kind of makes your kiddo just kind of not, you know, shut down and not want to eat that thing. Um, So if your child only eats certain foods or dislikes trying new foods, he or she is probably considered a picky eater. Um, The sensory sensitive child especially may be hypersensitive to the smell, sight, or texture of certain foods, which can limit their overall diet and nutrition. Um, So feeding therapy can be addressed in both speech therapy and also in an occupational therapy. Um, and we can work with your child on integrating more food choices to their diet. So, if you're not sure that you're ready to seek out therapy and you wanna try some strategies at home, um, try these tips first. So, eat dinner as a family, do not allow your child to graze or snack all day, remove distractions from dinner time, turn off the TV, and put away phones. Only introduce one new food at a time and in small portions. So instead of a big heaping stack of green beans, maybe just try putting one or two green beans on your kiddo's plate and work from there. So celebrate small victories. Um, Introduce the new food at the beginning of the meal when the child is hungry. So um, trying to encourage them to eat, you know, or at least try that, that food that they're avoiding first. Um, give choices. Okay, so uh, Sally, do you wanna eat three green beans or do you wanna eat five green beans? And so your kiddo has two choices and they're probably gonna pick three instead of five. So that's that's still a small victory, that's a win. Um, and then lastly, do not require a clean plate. I know it's common for people to, or it's a common kind of thing that people say to make sure your kiddo cleans their plate or be a member of the Clean Plate Club, but um, we don't always go with that here at ABC. So we, we like to encourage eating those avoided foods in small baby steps, and we will get there eventually. So some more strategies to increase sensory tolerance for new foods allow touching of non-preferred foods with fingers. So if they are still in that place where they are just so not gonna eat that green bean, how about we try touching the green bean? Can you touch the green bean? Okay, Um, can can you move it? Can you put it on your, can you touch it with your cheek? Can you put the green bean on your cheek? It sounds a little odd, but you are, you're kind of, taking away that fear and you're moving closer to the end goal, which is ultimately eating the green bean. Um, you can discuss food properties, varieties, preparation, and preferences. Um, maybe something as simple as cutting the apple in a different way or in a fun way. Um, I know there's tons of great different tools that out there to make eating fun. Um, different cookie cutters, using them on, on in, in different ways. Maybe a cookie cutter to cut your lunch meat sandwich into a star or something like that to make the child excited to eat it. Um, trying variations of the foods. If your kiddo won't eat raw carrots, will they eat a cooked carrot? Uh, try changing the temperature of the food. Again, kind of goes along with the variations. Frozen, cold, room temperature grapes. Try different dips or sauces that the child prefers. And then also read books about trying new foods. Um, And then we'll go into some red flags that could be a sign that your child may need um, a little more help with their feeding. Um, So if you are seeing inappropriate weight gain or weight loss, choking, gagging, coughing, or vomiting with eating, Difficulty with accepting different textures of foods, not accepting an entire food group. Um, if your kid won't eat any fruits, any vegetables, any meats, then maybe it's time to get a little more um, help. Um, if their food range of what they'll eat is less than 20 foods, that's something to kind of be aware of. Um, and then if you, if your child is fighting at mealtime with parents, then and it's just constant. Then maybe again, it's time to seek out a little more help. So, um, so lastly um, on this topic, I want to challenge you to take the taste test. Um, so I want you to try a real carrot, the the big carrots that you see, you know, around Easter time that we say that bunnies eat a real carrot the way that it grows in a garden that you peel and cut yourself. We want you to try that. And then we want you to try a baby carrot that you can just get in a package from the store. So you'll notice that the real carrots are much more favorable than baby carrots. Um, the flavor is different and they just are they They taste different. So, um, We want you to take the test yourself and try that out and notice the difference. Um, And then another little tip for you guys is that just again, trying to get you all to think about the variations of of food that to you may seem the same. Um, We'll talk about, let's talk about chicken nuggets. They require a lot less jaw strength to chew than a chicken breast because they're mushy. This is why some kids eat chicken nuggets but refuse the chicken breast you cook at home. So maybe, um, and we're not saying only feed your kiddo chicken nuggets. What we're saying is maybe think about that chicken breast that you cooked at home. Try cutting it up into smaller pieces and see if your kiddo will tolerate it that way. So again, um, we, we do offer, feeding therapy for picky eaters, and that can be through speech therapy or occupational therapy, depending on your kiddos, you know, specific um, issues that they're having. So if that is something that you, we, we just encourage you to talk to your pediatrician about that, and then they'll be able to kind of refer you, you know, to the right discipline. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. Um, We are very happy to be offering these podcasts and hopefully there are many more to come. Um, And again, if you ever have any questions about your kiddos development, please do not hesitate to reach out to any of our five locations. You can also visit us on the web at abcpediatrictherapy.com and don't forget to check out our free interactive development checklist tool. And that can be found at checklist.abcpediatrictherapy.com. So I hope you all have a lovely week ahead and we will be back in touch soon. Thank you.